You be tripping on the time we don't spend. I pull up and gotta slide once again. You sign up, set you ride to the end. But you don't wanna be Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And if you would do me a huge favor, please subscribe on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching it. It would mean a lot to me. But today, where I want to start is this. Like I said last week, every year the NFL has a weird week. Last week, the the Washington football team beat the Steelers. Beat the Steelers. Um, it, it was just a lot. The the Seahawks lost to the to the Giants. It was just it was just the NFL always gives you one of those weeks. Another thing that the NFL always does is it gives you a game, one game, and of course of of course it's always one game because it's game of the year. But always gives you one game in a season that you'll never forget for instance i remember i think it was about two years ago it was patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs against Jared goff and the rams that was a game i think that was probably the highest scoring game ever i believe that was probably the the greatest one of the greatest games that we've ever seen and when i i started by that because one the game last night just threw off my whole game. I had a whole rundown of what I was going to do, but it is what it is. The game last night was the game of the year. And what makes what makes a game game of the year? It could be the scoring output. It could be the drama behind the game. It could be the stakes. It could be there. I've seen defensive games. I think, you know, I, I remember a game, I believe it was Alabama and some, some LSU or something. I think it was 9-0, but that was a really good game one time but what makes last night's game between the ravens and the the browns the game of the year one this game meant a lot to both teams this game meant a lot to the ravens the ravens pretty much have to win out to make the playoffs right now well after the win they are eight and five i believe but they need every they need every win and the thing is because this year is so different is why they need everyone. Usually, an eight and five record would at least get you in the in in the wild card. But because the AFC is so loaded and so good this year, they need all their wins. So going into last night, the Ravens needed all the wins. The Browns, while they are while they were nine and nine and three, we remember the Browns struggle with good teams. Hell, we remember the first game of the season this year when the Ravens just beat the brakes off the Browns. The it's, it's like we're waiting for the Browns. We were waiting for the Browns to beat that signature team. And, of course, going into the game, the Ravens weren't playing well, but they did bounce back and played an incredible game last week against the Cowboys. And... As we know, like I said, the Browns are nine and nine and three, and they're I think they want you know think they they wanted to re re they needed to to come back and play better than than they did game one against the Ravens. So when you when you when you when you 
when you have a Ravens and, and Browns game, you don't expect high scoring. That's not what we got last night. Last night, I think the final score was like uh, 47 to 42. And this game had a lot of drama, especially in the game. Lamar Jackson was playing incredible. Last night's Ravens looked, well, last night offensively, they looked a lot like <laughs> the Ravens of 2019. They Lamar Jackson had what two touch two running touchdowns and and both were electric running uh, runs. He uh, Gus uh, no yeah Gus Edwards had a had a rushing touchdown. I know uh, D- J.K. Dobbins had a rushing touchdown. It's like this game had everything you could ask for. And where did the drama come in? So Lamar Jackson gets cramps now. Uh, the memes were going crazy on social media, man. You had this was the Paul Pierce game. Lamar Jackson had to go use the bathroom. I don't know what it is, but Lamar Jackson had cramps. And Lisa Salter did say something that was that was it did make you think. This is the second day or the second game Lamar Jackson is coming back from COVID. Now, it would be different if he was asymptomatic. There's a lot of people that test positive for COVID that are asymptomatic, but he wasn't. They, I think Lisa said he was sleep for like 10 straight days because uh, he just, he, he had no energy to do anything. So, you know, coming back and then you, you get thrusted into the second game. I understand, you know, people are like, well, why, why didn't it happen the first game? I think adrenaline kind of got you the first game. Not to mention, he didn't really have to do much against the Cowboys. The Cowboys is horrible. Now, the, the Browns, on the other hand, are different. So, <laughs> he had cramps, and then once he came, once he had cramps, all right, when he went out, I think the 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 Ravens were up fourteen. <laughs> he goes out with cramps, goes to the locker room, boom. the The Browns score fifteen straight points. Now the Browns are up one. Trace McSorley comes in, gets gets hurt. Like I don't know. I hope he's all right. He gets hurt. As soon as he gets hurt, you realize, oh, wait, the Ravens don't have a third-string quarterback because it would have been RG3, but RG3 is on IR right now. All of a sudden, you see Lamar Jackson just trotting out there. You're like, oh, Lord, here it comes. And then, boom, Lamar Jackson did it. Lamar Jackson gets them to, you know, I think the first pass he comes back is a 44-yard touchdown to Marquise Brown, who, by the way, look, understand look don't call me out all right don't call me out on social media and then you have multiple drop balls he had what three notable drops he had one that trace mcsorley threw him and he had two wide open passes that he dropped from lamar jackson but he redeemed himself at the end caught the touchdown you go up lamar jackson's jumping around blah 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 the browns come back score again now it's a tie game and I think there was like a minute and like seven seconds left. You got Lamar Jackson, who's the MVP. You got one of the best tight ends in the league, and Mark Andrews. And then you got the one of the one of, if not the greatest kicker in league history, Justin Tuck. Boom, go down. Justin Tuck gets in field goal range. I think fifty-five yards. He hits it. Ravens walk home. They win. This is, and like I said, this game, another reason why it was a game of the year is because it was unexpected. Yes, you have an uh, 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 electrifying offense that, it, well, electrifying player that is Lamar Jackson, 
But you don't expect the the Ravens, who is a rushing attack, well, who is a rushing team, uh, defensive first team, and the, the Browns, who really is a rushing team with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and a defensive-minded team, you don't expect them to score, what, 47 and 42 points. You don't expect that. And the thing is, it wasn't because it was bad defense. I, now, I understand you're looking at it like, damn, like 47 points ain't bad defense. What it is is the offense offenses were just so good this 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 tonight or last night. It was so good that there was nothing the defense can do. Not to mention the Ravens are dealing with a lot of secondary injuries. You're dealing I think they they were down to like their eighth string freaking cornerback at one point. Like they they are decimated right now on the defensive side of the ball. Well, key position of the defensive side of the ball. And the the Browns was going at I think it was what uh Devontae Harris. They were going at that man. Like it was it was it was bad. But but hey, it was a really good game, man. And 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 this game really solidified a lot. It solidified that the Ravens are still a team that can still win yeah they they dealt with injuries they dealt with covid their defense has a lot of injuries on on the on that side of the ball but they're a team that can still win you know they're a team that's still a run first uh team i believe lamar jackson only completed what 11 passes and finished with over two like over like 200 or over 300 yards like total yards like it (laughs) it was incredible and on the other side Let's talk about Baker Mayfield for a second. A lot of people, including myself, was skeptical when you take Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield number one. When you have a draft with Lamar Jackson, when you have a draft with Josh Allen, you take Baker Mayfield number one, and then we remember the season that he had last year. Now, yeah, you have Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, you have a lot to go. In fact, two years it was, was pretty bad. But this year he has shown he has shown that he can be a winner, right? Now, again, we needed to see what he looked like against the good teams. Like you can beat on the Washingtons, you can beat on the Dallases, you can beat on the 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 Eagles, but what happens when you play against a good team like the Steelers or like or no, let me like the Ravens or the Steelers because the Steelers beat the breaks off them too. Like that's that's what you that's what we need to see. And even though they did lose, Baker Mayfield played one of his best games. He's probably his best game he had as a as a starter. He made accurate throws. He made the right throws. Yeah, he had one interception, which was which was a bad interception, but that interception didn't really tell the tale of what happened the entire game. So Baker Mayfield played incredible. Lamar Jackson came out like Superman out that tunnel. He played incredible. And this definitely is the game of the year. Like I don't I don't I, I don't see another game that that even even close to this game. It's funny. When preseason comes out and the when the schedules come out, you kind of look like, all right, which what could be game of the year? Everyone in their mama would have thought that the game of the year would have been the Ravens and the Chiefs. Everyone would have thought that. But no, 
This game was 10 times better. Hill, the Ravens and the Steelers were a better game than the Ravens and the Chiefs. But, again, shouts out to Lamar Jackson and the, and the Baltimore Ravens for beating the Cleveland Browns, and that definitely was the game of the year. That game had that game had the drama. It was it was it was it was played incredibly. You know what I mean? Like they, it was an incredible game. Like it wasn't. There was really no unit that was bad except for the 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 secondary for the Ravens because they're so decimated with injuries. But Marlon Humphreys did what he could do. Uh, Peters did what he could do. So. This game was incredible, and this most definitely is the game of the year, which was the Baltimore Ravens against the, the Cleveland Browns. Another game that definitely <laughs> that definitely uh let me talk let's talk about the Steelers and the Bills game. Let's first let's talk about what happened. So the Steelers coming in eleven and one, they are coming off a one game loss against the Washington football team, and they were the top of the division or top of the conference, you know. Uh, and the the Bills are playing incredible this year. You know, Josh Allen has played great. The Bills defense has played has played good. The run, the run game ain't really played that well, but. You know, Singletary's been all right. You have uh, Stephon Diggs. He's been really good. The The Bills have played like a team that could win a Super Bowl. They they are pretty good at so many different aspects. So here's the problem with the Steelers before I, go, before I, I continue. Yes, the Steelers had to play like three games in 12 days, which the body, the body is not built. One to play football, let alone to play three games in twelve days. That's just that's just overkill, you know. And and this is most due to the fact that you know their game had to get had to get postponed and moved. The Ravens game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving that had to be moved, and then the the game against the foot uh, football Washington had to be moved, and then of course they played last night Sunday night football. But here's here's why I don't blame twelve, you know, game. I, I don't blame that on the loss. Like I don't, I don't think that's the reason why they lost. I, I think they lost because of who the Steelers have been. You know, we look at the wins. You know, we look. I think there we look at eleven wins and we say, ah, this is this is the best team. This is a championship team. But we don't really, we weren't really looking at the wins we weren't looking at okay they have the easiest schedule in the league they weren't looking at they struggle against they struggle nearly even though they have 11 wins they struggle against nearly every opponent we don't look at the fact that they are a dink and dunk team to the fullest like i think big ben is like releases the ball in his hand the i think in two seconds which is like the fastest in the league this is a dink and dunk offense, not to mention how many times I think they lead the league in drop balls. And that is even with the Jets, who arguably is the worst team in the league or worst team we've ever seen. But you drop this. They, they, they lead the league in drops or top top three, at least in drops. They're dink and dunk their defense 
who has their defense has been they've lost key pieces on the defensive side. They lost Bud Dupree. Um Joe Joe Hayden didn't play last game. I don't think he played the last two games. Like they've they've dealt with and not to mention their run game is non existent. James Conner was out with COVID, but even with him in there, he really wasn't running well. Uh, Sneed hasn't hasn't been consistent. They have not had a consistent run game. So while this is that this was an eleven win team, to me this is one of the most flawed eleven win teams we've we've had. And then you look at the Bills. What do the Bills do that the that the Steelers do not? If Joe Josh Allen is not playing well. The Bills still have a solid defense, and they can kind of link. Kind of, no, their defense pretty much can. You know, they, they have they have Micah Hyde. Their defense can kind of lean on. They can lean on their defense if Josh Allen's not playing well. Now, I don't know if they'll win, but Josh Allen is not the. The Bills are not as dependent on a win. Or not dependent on Josh Allen for the win as they are with Big Ben. Hell, Big Ben even said it. If he does not play well, they don't win. And it look. What what we saw was the the Steelers. The Steelers. They have a lot that they have to fix. Again, I know they're eleven and two right now, but they have a lot to fix. Again, they're they're it's not just the wide receivers drop balls, but Eric Ebron, the the tight end, they drop a lot of balls. And if you know, people have been saying this all week, and I, I tend to believe them. You know, looking at the results, while Big Ben is still you know a good. Good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's trash or anything. I think the the Steelers lean too much on Big Ben to win the game. If Big Ben does not play well, then the Steelers don't play. The Steelers lose. Like that's even with their ferocious defense. Even though, like I said, their defense is is outside of T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward. They can't get any pass. They they don't really have a pass rush. And like I said, Micah Hyde is good, but Michael Hyde can't be the only uh, secondary healthy player. Like, like it's just look. The Steelers will not will not win the Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl if a their wide receivers continue to drop pass after pass after pass. B if they can't if they continue if they have to lean so heavily on Big Ben to win them the game they're not going to win and they've been decimated with injury especially on the defensive side of the ball so if they don't find somebody to to step up outside of the you know usual TJ Watt outside of Cameron Hayward outside of Minka Hyde outside of Joe Hayden when he comes back then it's going to be I don't see them making going deep in the playoffs and and this isn't me you know for lack of a better term, shitting on the Steelers. This is saying what 
what we've been seeing. It's just we've been oblivious to it because, you know, let me not say this. We have not been oblivious to it, but we've been able to forgive it, seeing as though they are 11 and 2 right now. But everything that I'm saying, hell, you struggled. They struggled against a fourth string quarterback in the Cowboys. They lost to the Washington football team. And don't get me wrong. I know the Washington football team did lose, did win against the 49ers, but we don't have an offense. So, again, and, and, and on, this, on, this, on the other side of the ball, let's talk about the Bills. The Bills look like, I mean, they're 10-3, and three and they look, they look incredibly good. I have to, I, have, it's, I can't talk about how good the Bills are. And give and not give credit to Josh Allen. We remember last year what Josh Allen was. Josh Allen was a quarterback with a with an incredible arm, but his accuracy was god awful. His he was mailing like he would throw the ball 10, 15 yards over the wide receiver's head, or he'll throw a ball behind the wide receiver at least five yards it was his act his arm strength is is one of the best in the league but his accuracy was horrible you look now he's made the adjustments now i think he's throwing what 70 percent he has like a 70 percent completion rate like that and that's incredible seeing as seeing as how much he they throw the ball and seeing how from where he came from just a year ago and his rookie year so I don't I don't know. I will say this. I don't know if the Bills can make a deep playoff run, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did, seeing as though they are a complete team. Their defense is great. Their their offense is really good. Yeah, they definitely I don't know if you can lean if they can really lean on their running back, seeing as though I mean Devin Singletary is cool, but he's not really like a top back. But the Bills, the Bills are incredible, man. The Bills, the Bills are a complete team. And what I've seen, no, you know what? I mean, I was about to like, I was about to, I was about to go crazy with it. And it, they're not better than the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong. But shouts out to the Bills. And yeah, man, that was yeah. Moving forward, like I said, Washington did beat the 49ers. and now they sit. First in the NFC East. Now, I know, you know, it's the NFC least, it's that and the third, blah, blah, blah. But, hey, Washington right now, their path right now is they have to just win one game. They 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 have to win one more game, and then and they play the Eagles. I think they play the Panthers. Like they have now. I know I don't I don't foresee them beating the Seahawks next week, but they just need to win one more game, and and where and they're in there. And here's but here's the reason why I wanted to talk about this. One, I don't know if you can see all my YouTube YouTube viewers first, please subscribe. But I don't know if you can see the TV, but that's Chase Young, who to me is running away. No, has ran away with the rookie defensive player of the year. Now, I know Patrick Patrick Queen from the Ravens, he was definitely in nomination, but I don't see how you can't give it to Chase Young. But here is why Sunday's win infuriated me. Ooh, 
I'm using the SAT word, infuriated. <laughs> Here's why I was so upset with Sunday's win. Because when you look at the Washington football team, and you look at their defensive front, they have a Super Bowl talent offensive front. You have Payne. You have Allen. You have Chase Young. You have Sweat. You have Bostic. You have Kerrigan. We have a Hall of Fame type talent at no we our offense our defensive front is hall of fame worthy let me why am i saying hall of fame uh, our defensive front is super bowl worthy the problem is everywhere else Antonio Gibson had turf toe, so he didn't play. So the running game really wasn't there. And you do have to shout out the 49ers. It is a really good defense, even though their defense has been decimated with injury. But the running game wasn't there. Alex Smith, let's, again, I know he's he's gonna, he's ran away with the comeback play of the year. Hell, all they had to do was pretty much throw a pack, you know, have one snap in the NFL after what happened to him. He was going to win offense. Um, he was going to win comeback play of the year, but he got injured. But even with here's the thing, and here's I'm I'm going to be completely. I'm a Washington football team fan, so I'm going to be completely honest. Our offense is horrible. Without Antonio Gibson, who is who is a a really good rookie, and. Without Terry McLaurin, we don't have anybody. Yeah, J.D. McKissick is cool. Yeah, uh, Baker is all right. Chris Sims is okay. But we don't have any pieces, not to mention Alex Smith, while he is the comeback player of the year, you can tell he still doesn't trust. I don't know. Let me not say that. He's unable to throw the ball deep. And outside of Terry McLaurin, which everyone knows who we play is the only wide receiver we have, he keeps getting double teamed, and everyone else is just fend for yourself. And we don't have any other wide receiver that can create separation. So we just, you know. So then, like I said, Alex Smith, he's not throwing deep balls. And then on top of that, you have, oh, man, you have Dwayne Haskins who comes in. And while he, he has – slight slight flashes he doesn't do like he continues to airmail balls over receivers heads he continues to throw the ball at the ground and then like i said and then if you want to go back to the defensive by our secondary while we have promising players our secondary is still awful so outside of our defensive line every other unit is not good Oh wait, we we have a decent uh uh field goal kicker, Tressway. So it's just it just really irritated me because I'm looking at the defensive line and I'm like, this defense. If our team matched, now I understand the defensive line is full of first rounders. I said if if our if our team, if the Washington football team's talent all over the team could match that of the. <laughs> of the defensive line, then we would be a hall of, we would be a Super Bowl contending team. It, ah, oh man, it was, it was frustrating, but let me, let me, let me, let me move on. Uh, you know, 
let's 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 just recap some of these games. The Broncos beat the the Panthers thirty two to twenty seven. Hey, it you know Drew Locke I think threw like four touchdown passes. So shouts out to him. The Bears destroyed Houston thirty six to seven. This just it's just another day. It's just tiring to try to defend. Let I me. Mean, tried to to speak on what Deshaun Watson doesn't have. I'll be, you know, I'm not really for someone like I want the best for everyone and I don't believe that the best for Deshaun Jackson is in Houston. I mean, that's pretty apparent for everything that I've said. So, please free Lamar. I mean, free please free Deshaun Watson. The Cowboys beat the Bengals 30 to 7. I mean, the Bengals are horrible. And I guess Andy Dalton was motivated to beat the team that pretty much gave up on him, rightfully so, because he didn't really did anything in the Bengals. Uh, the the Packers beat the Lions thirty one to twenty four. Here's the reason why I have Devonte Adams on the screen right now. Devonte Adams, the Packers don't have another like their number two wide receiver is so far away from the number one is it's crazy Devonta adams and i guess their second is what valdez scantley it could be lazard i don't know but the <laughs> it's crazy how good Devonte jack Devonte adams is playing alongside aaron Rodgers. he came out before the game they came out with like a uh they came out with like a uh ESPN came out with like a video that Devontae Adams do telling defenders how to defend him. He said, you know, if I, you know, if I put my right foot out, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a slant. If I put my left foot out, I'm going to do a hitch route. Um, if I'm running and it's a seven step drop, you know, I'm going to shuffle and then go left. He's telling defenders how to defend him. And he's still is arguably he still destroys the defense now yes a lot of it is the lions but there's a reason why one the Packers are 10 and three and there's a reason why Devonta adams and julio and then we're going back well not they there was a debate on who is the best wide receiver i still think when healthy julio is but if Devonta adams is not in your top five wide receivers then you're not really watching football does that that man is incredible but Another and and the Tennessee Titans destroyed the Jaguars. I mean the Jaguars are one and twelve. They they're they're god awful. Um, but you know I understand that the 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 MVP goes to a um, goes to a quarterback pretty much all the time. But then we need to look at. I, I want to look at the the offensive player of the year. To me. It's a two-man race. It, it should be a two-man race right now. It should be Derrick Henry, who had his fourth career game with 200-plus rushing yards and two-plus touchdowns yesterday. I mean, Sunday. And then you have to look at Travis Kelsey, who I think, you know, think. This is the fifth straight 1,000-plus yard season. One, he's not even a tight. I mean, he's not even a wide receiver doing that. He's the first tight end to ever do that. And I think he's like first or second in receiving yards in the, in the entire NFL. So 
I th- well, yes, I understand that the the MVP usually goes to a um, quarterback. I do think that Derrick Henry and um, I do think that Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey should definitely be in consideration for offensive player of the year. Excuse me. Moving forward, uh, the Saints lost to Jalen. You know. Let me let me first let me first shout out Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts came in, you know, and he he won the game. He beat the Saints. The Saints are arguably one of the best teams in the league. Statistics-wise, undoubtedly the best defense in the league. And he came first game as a starter and beat them. So I definitely have to give credit and shout out to Jalen Hurts. Here's why this was a horrible win for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that has nothing really to do with the game as far as the circumstances surrounding the game. You have Carson Wentz is one of the highest paid players in all of the league, in, in all the NFL. And when your backup who was a rookie, by the way? Your backup comes in and beats one of the best teams in the league. And then the sound bites that you're hearing saying, you know, he gave us a spark that we were looking for. He gave us the leadership that we needed. When those sound bites are coming out for your backup and you're one of the highest paid players in the league, that is not that's that's uh, that is a that is a that's beyond a red flag. Not to mention, what happens next? We we all believe Doug Peterson's probably gone by the end of this year. So, if Doug Peterson's gone, what what happens next? I, I don't for I don't see them going back to Carson Wentz the rest of the season unless Jalen Hurst gets hurt. So, what happens if he continues to win, or what if he doesn't win but he looks like a starting quarterback? Then what do you do with Carson Wentz? Because you can't trade Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz, like that contract, nobody wants that contract from that. Like nobody, no, you you, you can't do that because nobody's nobody's going to want him. Then say you can't trade him, right? He will then be the highest paid backup in NFL history. That is also what you don't want. Because I can't see Jalen Hurts looking good, even if he doesn't continue to win this year. I can't see him looking looking the way he looked on Sunday and you saying, you know what, we're gonna go back to Carson Wentz. What does that tell what does that say to not only the the, the team, but what does that say about the organization? Cause the, then you're really saying that the organization doesn't really put winning first because the quarterback that is winning or give putting you in the best position to win, you're benching him just because you're trying to get return on investment with Carson Wentz. So I, when I say that this was a horrible win for the organization of the, of the Eagles, you have to really look at yourself and say, all right, what do we do next? Do because <laughs> again, I don't see how, Carson Wentz, at least this year, 
is the starting quarterback anymore for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. And his confidence is, is just shot. We see with the late throws, we see with the bad throws, with the bad interceptions, the bad decisions. He just they needed a change. And like I said, I don't I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, Jalen Hurts is the next greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not I'm not saying he's the next Lamar. But all I'm saying is he look, he, all you need to know is this. The Saints have not given up. I think in the last like nine, I, I don't remember what it is, but in the last like nine home games or something, the Saints have not given up a thousand. I mean, a hundred yard rusher on Sunday. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles had two of them, and Jalen Hurst was one of them. Like they just they he played incredible. Now again, I'm not gonna overreact and be like, oh, the Saints are are, are terrible, or the Saints are are done. But I, there is something to be said that the team looked the, – the, this even with, you know, the same team that Carson Wentz has, the same team that Jalen Hurst is playing with, with the same injuries, the same players out, the same players getting old, yet they look the, – the, the Philadelphia Eagles look completely different than they've looked the entire year with Jalen Hurst behind I mean, or playing, playing starting quarterback. So, again – it's it's a tough situation. I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's it's just it's a bad beat. <laughs> what 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 uh, Scott or Scott Van Pelt likes to say, it's a bad beat because you have so much money into or that's that's going into Jalen Hurts. I mean, going into Carson Wentz. How one you don't want to put that much money to a player and then bench him and then he just the team looks better without him not to mention you don't want to you you don't want to pull the player that's playing better because then you're really telling your team you don't care about winning so it's just a it's just a tough situation man it really is but again shouts out to Jalen Hurts for winning your first start against a Saints team which I didn't I didn't Hell, even though I knew Taysom Hill had limitations, I I didn't think you you know I didn't think they had a chance to win as they had the the arguably the best defense in the league in the Saints. I I didn't see them you know not to mention you have Alvin Kamara just wreaking havoc on everybody. I just you know but hey, shouts out to Jalen Hurts. Oh, it's time. It's time. Let me uh. Let me put on my um, Cam Newton cape. All right. So let's let's be real about what's happening in New England. What's happening with Cam Newton? First, before I really go in full cape defense mode, let me say what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton is not the most accurate quarterback ever. In fact, one of his deficiencies has been his accuracy at times. Even though it has gotten better over the years, his accuracy is still not like not like Hall of Fame status, you know. So his accuracy still is a problem. And he has lost a step. Now, 
it, it could be due to COVID. It could be due to just how much times he's gotten hit. But he's not the the speedster, or his 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 running ability has taken a hit since you know since the beginning of of his career. Now again, I think he's been hit more than almost any quarterback ever. So I would understand that. But yeah, he, he's not as elusive of a runner as he's been. Oh, it's time. It's time now. That's that's all Cam Newton is. It's time. When I hear people, when I hear analysts, when I hear people on social media saying that a lot that's going on with the New England Patriots is because of Cam Newton, I'll say this. Outside of Jacoby Myers, who, in fact, I'll say this. Name me the team that if Jacoby Myers was out on the market, right? Which team would pick him up first? Like, which team you had Jacoby Myers? We need a number one receiver. Oh, shoot. Jacoby Myers is there. Let's go get him. Which team would get, if, if a team was looking for a number one receiver, tell me the team that is going to pick up Jacoby Myers. I'll wait. If there was a team that was looking for a number one wide receiver, tell me the team that would pick up Nikhil No Separation Harry. In fact, outside of those two, tell me the third wide receiver that the New England Patriots have. The Patriot again, I understand that Cam Newton is not the most accurate quarterback. I get that. But what I'm saying is he's not so far accurate that like he he has no help on the wide receiver. Uh, he, he has no help. The offensive line has been okay at times, but when you have to sit in the pocket five, six, seven seconds just to hope that a receiver gets open, that's not going to work for you. Not to mention, the running game has been so spotty. I, I understand the Rex Burkhead's out for the season, but the running game has been so spotty. Harris has been good some weeks. Some weeks he's been non-existent. Uh, James White has been good some weeks. Some weeks he's been non-existent. Not to mention, the offensive line has been great some weeks. Some weeks, Cam Newton gets sacked four, five, six times. So... When you're over here saying Cam Newton needs to play better, how is he supposed to play better with the people that you're, that he's throwing the ball to is god-awful? It, I understand that you, you, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a quarterback, man. It's, it's, it's what the quarterback's going to do. Like, it's, it's, it's a quarterback league. I get that. But how effective would I'm almost sure you place any other quarterback in in that predicament this year, they would be god off. Hell, Tom Brady left because of this. Like man, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't wouldn't be the Patrick Mahomes if he had this wide receiver core. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't make this wide receiver core better. Hell, you can you can pull you 
You could pull the greatest created character off Madden, and they would not make this wide receiver core good. Yet, you're trying to tell me that it's Cam Newton's fault why they're so garbage? Why they can beat a team 45-0 to zero and then look god-awful against another team the next week and lose, what, 25 to 24 to 3? Again, I understand Cam Newton's not the most accurate, but he's not god awful accurate or god awful inaccurate. That's not, he's not that. I understand that Cam Newton has lost a step due to the fact that he gets hit so many freaking times, but he is not the, he's not freaking Big Ben when it comes to running the ball. Who doesn't run the ball? Like, I don't, look. I'm about to just it's not Cam's fault, bro. It's not Cam's fault, man. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Let me let me move on, man. Let's 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 move on from football. Uh the biggest news in the NBA. The NBA is back, by the way. Preseason started, I think, on Sunday or Saturday, one of them two. But the NBA is back. I'm excited, you know. I do again, just like everyone. I do think it's a little, it's a little soon to come back, but I get it. So the NBA is back, but the biggest news was Paul George from the Clippers gets a five-year, one hundred and ninety million max extension, bringing his total contract value to two hundred and twenty-six million dollars. <laughs> no. The memes, the videos, the pictures that came from this signing on social media was epic. But let me try to let me let me explain this to the people that may not get it. One, even though it's it's probably the we the world right now is is an immediacy type type world it's a what have you done for me lately type type world we get that and sports is pretty much a what have you done for me lately type thing so the last time we saw Paul George was him and Kawhi Leonard not scoring a point or no scoring two points in the second half and losing a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets in the in the bubble and the last thing, the last thing view we remember of Paul George was shooting a corner three and hitting the cor- the side of the backboard. Do you understand? I talked about this before. Do you understand how hard it is to hit the corner of the backboard, the side of the backboard? And he did. But that is the that is the that's the lasting image that we have of Paul George. And Paul George has been on a tear too this this summer, man. He's he went on all the smoke podcasts, going at Doc Rivers, going at the way that the team um, was was utilized, the way he was utilized. It, he was just going at it. But at the core, who was Paul George? Paul George is still a top twenty player. I know, I know, it's not popular thing to say, but Paul George is still a top twenty player in the league. Like we're just we're not gonna dismiss 
what he did in the regular season. We're not going to dismiss that just a year prior, he was third in MVP voting. Like, we're not going to just dismiss that. He's still a top 20 player in the league. Now, here's the real reason why they gave Paul George this extension. Because, one, we I don't know if you guys remember what they gave up to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but they give gave up their future to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you the the Brooklyn Nets did a similar thing, a similar deal for Deron Williams for uh, KG for Paul George, they gave pretty much their entire future for those. Now, that was such a bad trade because, I mean, they're all of them were out of their prime. The Clippers, I mean, the yeah, the Clippers pretty much did the same thing to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So what the last thing that you want is next year or this year now, this season, you do not want your two best players. And don't get me wrong, you can you can talk about Lou Williams, you can talk about well, Machetel is gone, but you can. They're their two best players. You know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, hands down, are their two best players. Even with if Montrezl was still there and Lou Williams, you don't want your two best players pretty much on the last year of their contract because I understand he, you know the. Kawhi Leonard technically still has two years, but the last year is a player option. So after this year, he can just say, you know, I ain't playing no more and dip. That's the the last thing you want is you giving up all those pieces, all that asset for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and both of them saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm out this junk. Uh, I, you know, after this year, we didn't win the championship. Nah, I'm gone. So the le- at least you want to lock one of them up. And the easiest person to do that is Paul George because Paul George, as you know, while you are getting the max, he's not going to he's not going to warrant as much as Kawhi Leonard would, especially next year, because I believe the cap might go up a little bit next year. So you can't give up all that all that you know, we can't give all those assets. You cannot give that up and then only have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for max two years. So you want to definitely lock them up. So while that's a lot of money, like I said, 226 mil for Paul George is wicked. But I understand why you do that. Again, we are, what have you done for me lately? And the last time we saw Paul George, cuz was hitting the side of the backboard. But we let's not forget, he's still a top 20 player. And... The the Clippers are better off, you know, the Clippers are, mm, the Clippers have a better chance of winning a championship with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard than with just Kawhi Leonard. So while that is a crazy number and Paul George already coming out saying, you know, I want to win a championship with this team. All right, cool. Appreciate it. Uh, you know? They are, um, I understand why they made the move. So, yeah. Let's, uh, next week, what I usually do is before the season starts, 
uh, or before the official season, not preseason, but before the season starts, I usually give my um, predictions as in MVP, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, who's going to win, blah, blah, blah. I usually do that. And I'm going to do that next week. I understand that next Tuesday will be the 22nd, which is the day that the NBA actually starts. But this week, I wanted to give 10 bold predictions. I usually do this as well before the season starts. So I'm going to give 10 bold predictions. And let's start with one bold prediction is Golden State's going to finish top five in the West. Now, I understand you still have Denver. I understand you have Portland. I understand, you know, uh, the Lakers is still going to do something. But I think that the talent that they that Golden State still has, they have the ability to um, make some noise. They have the ability to to I'm not I don't think that they're good enough without Clay to win it all. But I do think that with a healthy Steph Curry with Draymond Green with James Wiseman, they the and and Kelly Oubre was a huge pickup for them. I do think that they still have the talent to be top 5. Not to mention, I don't think that teams like I don't I don't I don't think that the Mavericks are are ready to make that jump into top 5 categories uh top five I don't think that the Clippers I think they're going to take a step back with how many players they lost especially losing Montrez Harold to the Lakers I, I just don't see it so I have um I have Golden State finishing top five now me fin- in the West now with that being said I don't think that they have enough to win it I do think that they have enough to at least win a series maybe but it really depends on the matchup but yeah, nah, I don't. I think that they're good enough to top five, honestly. Um, another prediction is Washington finished with a better record than Houston. I think that what at least the the first two games that I've seen from John Wall in a Houston uniform has been incredible. This looks like the old John Wall. Boogie looks really good, and. Of course, James Harden did just report back to the team what uh, last or like yesterday or something. But I think that there's so much going on with Houston. Not to mention, I don't know if that is going to be one of my bold predictions coming up. But I don't know if James Harden gets traded or not. If he does get traded, I most definitely think that the Washington team or Washington Wizards will finish with a better record than Houston. I just think, you know, with with personalities and and with play styles that Houston, like you have to, John Wall is going to have to adapt to the Houston play style. Silas, the the coach, is going to have to really impose his 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 scheme. Boogie's going to have to have to work, you know, have to adjust to the game, and 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 James Harden's going to have to adjust. You went from a player like you went from James Harden, right? You went from a teammate in Russell Westbrook who was ball dominant to now two players in John Wall and Boogie who are ball dominant. While they're not as ball dominant as Russell Westbrook, they still thrive. They do not thrive well without the ball. So, I, I and on the Washington side, I think that Russell Westbrook is going to be really good playing alongside Bradley Bill. The rookie, I forgot his name, but the rookie has looked well. Rui has, has looked well in the preseason. And I, I think that 
I think Washington, especially being in the East as well, I have Washington finishing with a better record than Houston. Uh, another bold prediction. This is my third. I have Portland makes it to the Portland gets to the Western Conference Finals. I think that getting Robert Covington was huge for Portland. We've said for a long time now, the problem with Portland is they don't have a person that can stop anybody. Like their defense has been horrible, and you give up a older Trevor Ariza who didn't go to the bubble, by the way, to get a Robert Covington who is the ultimate three and D player. I think that they with if if Damian Lillard stays healthy, if CJ McCollum stays healthy, if uh, the the center uh, Nurkic stays healthy, I think that the, and and of course Robert Covington stays healthy and plays well. I think they have what it takes to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So uh, another bold prediction number four: Kevin Love finally gets traded. I don't know. This has been years upon years that they, we talk about Kevin Love's getting traded, and he never does. I feel like Kevin Love's been on the trade block ever since LeBron James left Cleveland. Like, that's just how it's been. I know that I think that the perfect spot for Kevin Love would be in Portland or Golden State. I, and I know that his name, like I said, has been in trade talks forever. But I think by the trade deadline, we realize Cleveland has so many freaking bigs. Like, it. <laughs> I don't know. I think that this year, and I know I say this a lot. I think I might have said it last year too. But this year, my bold prediction is Kevin Love finally gets traded. Boom. Number five, uh, my fifth bold prediction is Atlanta makes the playoffs. They made, uh, they had a really good offseason. You know, they, they they hit in the draft. They got John Rondo, which was good. They got some good pieces. And, of course, it gives another year with uh, Trey Young, um, Cam Reddish. Uh, you have a lot of young pieces, and it just gives another year of maturing. Not to mention how weak the East is. I think that Atlanta, ha- they have the young talent to make the playoffs. Do I think that they win any 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 series in the playoffs? Most definitely not. But I do think that they have the talent, especially with the lack of talent in the East. I have them making the uh, the playoffs. Uh, my sixth bowl prediction, Brooklyn makes it to the finals. I like what I saw out of Kevin Kevin Durant uh, the other day. I think he had like 12 or 15 points, something like that. But I, I like what I got out of – I like to see a healthy Kevin Durant. We've missed a healthy Kevin Durant. And I, I, I'm still – I still need to know how they're going to gel. That is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I still need to know how they're going to gel in the regulars – like in a regular game and especially those games when it comes down to who takes the last shot or who is the go-to guy in crush situations. I do need to see that, but I do think that, um, I do think that, uh, Brooklyn will make it to the finals. So, uh, my seventh bowl prediction is Devin Booker will make an all NBA team. I think Devin Booker last year, especially towards the end in the bubble, was good enough to make an All-NBA team. He just didn't because he didn't. But I do think that the acquisition of Chris Paul is going to do wonders for him. I do think that they they got Chris Paul for Devin Booker. They didn't get him just because they think that their team's on the on the hinge, on the on the cusp because they're not. But 
I think that with the young pieces they have in Devin Booker, Chris Paul will unlock something that we haven't seen from Devin Booker. Now, I know we've seen a 70-point game from him. I know we saw how great him and his teammate, him and the Suns played in the bubble. But Devin Booker, to me, playing alongside Chris Paul will be an all-NBA player. I'm not saying first team, but he'll pro- he could be at least all-NBA third team. And I think he'll be that good. So, um, number eight, or my eighth bold prediction is Philly either trades Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I think that Daryl Morey coming to that team kind of, and, and we know like how Daryl Morey, Morey feels about how to operate a team. I think that you have two players that don't, aren't good at shooting threes now they are they could be centerpieces but they both like i say time and time again they both occupy the same part of the floor so i think that philly will either trade one of them now who would they trade them to i don't know but i do think that joel Embiid and ben simmons can get will get traded by the end of this year so but it will not be to Houston because, number nine, I don't think that James Harden gets traded from Houston. I think, yeah, I understand a report came out saying, you know, the acquisition of John Wall and Boogie hasn't changed uh, what James Harden wants to do. I understand that. But it's still James Harden. And unless you're giving me a King's Ransom, which been which I think the reports came out saying they want like three first round picks and Ben Simmons, which is wicked. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. I, unless you're willing to give him, give them like a blockbuster deal, like you trip. The teams that he put on his team on his list was what Philly, Miami, um, the Bucks. And there was one more Brooklyn. Here's the thing, and here's the reason why I why those teams to me wouldn't wouldn't make a trade for James Harden because and why I don't know if James Harden's really thinking when he really put those teams. He said he wants to play for a title contender and put those teams out. If you trade for James Harden, let's let's just look at the Bucks. If the Bucks trade for James Harden, more than likely you're gonna have to give up Giannis. You give up Giannis and switch James Harden. That is not a that is not a championship contending team. You go to Houston. I mean, you go to Miami. You're probably gonna have to give up Bam Adebayo. You're probably gonna have to give up Tyler Euro. You're probably gonna have to give up Duncan Robinson, and, and maybe a couple picks. You give up your three best young players. Not saying the best because the best is Jimmy Butler. You give up three your three best young players plus a draft pick for James Harden. That completely cripples that team. Yeah, you have Jamie, Jimmy Butler, who plays the two, by the way, and James Harden, you have defense and offense, but you give up your core youth. Like That's not going to work. Philly, like you're going to have to either trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. While I do think, well, like I said, they asked for Ben Simmons and three first-round picks, so it would be have, it'll have to be Joel, I mean, Ben Simmons. That, that could work, however... If that doesn't work, you're trading away your future with the three first-round picks. It's not like three first-round picks next year because that's just ridiculous. It'll be probably next year, the year after, year after, and that are three. Those are three draft classes that are big. Not to mention, 
outside of James Harden, Joel Embiid, I think that has enough to make it to a finals, but nah. And then Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they already said you're going to have to give up either KD or Kyrie Irving. More than likely, that's Kyrie Irving. James Harden and KD, that, that's good enough to make it to the championship, but that's not good enough to be the Lakers. That's not good enough to be the Denver or Golden State. Like, that, no. So, like I said, I, I think that the asking price is so high for James Harden. That's the main reason why I don't think he's going to leave. Not to mention, they want to see how he gels, if he gels, with a John Wall, with a bookie. So, yeah, no. And my last bold prediction is the Clippers lose in the second round of the playoffs. I think the players that left Landry, Landry Shamit leaving, uh, Montrez Harrell leaving, I don't think they're done with trades. I think that Lou Williams might be out of there soon. I do think that uh, maybe Patrick Beverly or one of them two might be gone. I don't think that they're done making making moves. And because of that, I don't think I think that they lost they lost a lot in Montrezl Harold who was a six man of the year and with Landy Shamit who was a, a bona fide shooter I I don't think that they have enough to uh, at least make a deep run in the play. In fact, yeah, you have Kawhi Leonard, yeah, you have Paul George, but I believe if Clippers faced at least this iteration right now of Golden State. I think Golden State's better than them. I know Denver's better than them. I got Portland better than them. Uh, Mavericks probably better than them with the currently constructed team. I just don't. I don't see it. So you know, that's those are my bold predictions. What are your bold predictions? Let me know in the comments. Hit me up. I, I want to know what you guys think. Uh, I don't need ten, but let me give me a bold give me a bold prediction. Or if you don't agree with mine, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? So let's 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 talk about uh, Kyrie. Um, Kyrie came out and said he's not talking to the media for the whole year, getting fined what twenty five k every game. Now <laughs> money definitely talks because Kyrie most definitely spoke to the media yesterday, and he. I mean. I, I understand. Here's the thing. I understand players not want to talk to the media. I get it. They feel a lot of players feel like the media just skews what they say for for their own gain or for viewers or whatever. I get that. But you're obli- you're making millions upon millions of do- dollars and in those in that making millions, yeah, you have to hoop, but it's you're obligated to talk to the media. That's in your contract. So I would understand if, like, it's pretty much doing off the strength. Like, they're just saying, hey, can you please talk to the media? But if it's in your contract, that's what you got to do. Then you got to do it, bro. Like, you know. So, I don't know if he's going to continue to do that for the rest of the year. But, you know, that's that's what he did. And before we go, um, this is, this is the age of change. You know, we... We're looking at the reason why the Washington football team is called the Washington football team is because they had a racial name. Like, their name was racially insensitive. Um, And I said, you can go back and listen. I said that they will not be the only team that changes their name. And lo and behold, the Cleveland Indians are the next team that will be changing their name. 
one, the logo is hella racist. And two, again, this is the age of change, man. This is the age that this is you do not want to be on the wrong side of change, especially in this age, because you're dealing with people that are fed up or and tired of accepting things or accepting just what is like why is it what is and why can't it be changed so when you like i said it's not just going to be washington football team now it's the cleveland indians don't be surprised if the kansas city chiefs uh change their names if the florida state seminoles change their name like Again, I knew they weren't, and this name has been here for a hundred years. That's that's how, hell. When you got NASCAR, <laughs> that's that that say, you know what, we're gonna chill out with the Confederate flags, and that's pretty much like their mainstay. You know, that's how I know change is definitely here. So again, I'm telling teams, do not be on the wrong side of this change, man. And the Cleveland Indians are like, you know what, yeah, it's we've heard and and multi again since for a hundred years it's been our that's been our name and for a hundred years we've had complaints about it so yeah i think it's time for us to to get this is this is the perfect time we're seeing what happened with washington you know this is the perfect time to change so let's change but there you have it i appreciate you guys for listening i appreciate you guys for watching please subscribe to the youtube channel man i i understand Y'all, y'all want to hear this voice? I get it, but you can hear and watch. Please subscribe so y'all can see the set. Y'all can see the different colors. You know what I mean? Let's let's get it, man. But I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe wherever you're listening to. Leave a like or hit the like button, whatever they say. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys have a great week. And until next time, much love. Savage when I want all the girls at the party Come along, it's a party, we started yeah. Mixing drinks, how much, who knows I put one up with that homies yeah, yeah. The daily departed, baby Ain't missed the moment, ain't no spilling Dude, I've been living ill and trying to find it Then I'm feeling, you feel it All's good until I hit the ceiling Good riddance, I figured I'd be straight Just need a minute, just a second I was been on overloaded my zone oh, Nothing else can fix the problem But it's her wrong, wrong Guess that there, it got me on one Tweaking, I'm professional Better give a nigga room, I'll be back round two It's the soldier in me, let them fuckers in be Going seven, heaven bound, who gon' trip and we'll see The ranger from the dog Day fades and the sun goes away Same old nigga in the same old pain Ain't much changing me, y'all Seem like ain't nothing changing me, y'all Thank God I saw another day But I can't go escape what I have made now Spot, can I stop it? Yeah. Raging with familiar names, think they got it not. And you see me twisted on the low, there he go. Yeah, baby, there he go. Yeah, really, really. Won't be other looking crazy, hazy ho. In the sack, I swept the waves, forming at my dome. We keep on hoping, coasting. Raging through the day, he says, hey, baby, turn me on. Hit me up, hit me, hit me. Come on, ready or not, nigga, coming with it. Come on. 
the team. Hit me, hit me. Oh no, hit him up. And I'm ripping, ripping in it. And I'm coming full blown to the tombstone. I'm living, gotta push it, gotta set the tone. It ain't nothing to me, baby. Say I'm living long. Tell